This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 12th of October. In your Squiz today, Cheng Leia's home, flying Aussies out of Israel, goiters going, and early dinners are catching on. This is your Squiz today. Cheng Lei is back on home soil in Melbourne after spending more than three years in a Chinese prison. PM Anthony Albanese made that surprise announcement at a press conference yesterday. He said the TV anchor was met at the airport in Melbourne by Foreign Minister Penny Wong before she was reunited with her partner, Nick Coyle, and her two young children. Claire, before we get into her release... Let's remind Squizzers about how we got here. So she was working as a high-profile business news anchor for China's state broadcaster CGTN when she was taken into custody. That was in August 2020, and she was kept in solitary confinement for months and refused access to a lawyer. Eventually, she was charged with illegally supplying state secrets overseas, and last year her secret trial went ahead, but the outcome was never made public and she was never sentenced. She always denied any wrongdoing and in August she wrote a love letter to Australia that was released. She outlined in that how much she missed her family and just how hard the conditions were in prison. And for more than three years, the Australian government has been making repeated representations to China for her release. Yesterday, the PM said he'd spoken to Chang. He called her a very strong and resilient person. And he also said that she's delighted to be back in Australia. But he didn't say a lot about why she'd been released, Claire. No, he didn't. He said that her matter was concluded through the legal processes in China, which doesn't tell us a lot at all. Uh, But the government has been working to rebuild Australia's very fractured relationship with China. Uh, Minister Wong has been raising Cheng's case with her Chinese counterparts and Albanese also raised it with President Xi Jinping and had hinted that there was some progress that was being made behind the scenes. And here we are. But it is important to note that Cheng's not the only Aussie that they were advocating for. The writer and democracy activist Yang Hengjun remains in detention in China. He was detained in similar circumstances in 2019. Albanese says the government continues to advocate for Dr Yang's interests. As the conflict between Israel and Gaza continues to escalate, Qantas will start evacuating Aussies who are stranded in Israel from tomorrow. Two flights are due to leave Tel Aviv for London. Reports say that there are more than 10,000 Australian citizens and tourists in Israel at the moment, and those who want to leave the country have been advised to take commercial flights where possible. Yeah, the problem there is that commercial airlines are cancelling their scheduled flights, and that has left many nations scrambling to get their citizens out. And as you say, Alice, there are many Australians in Israel, and reports say there could be more of these evacuation flights out if they're needed. We'll just have to see how 
how that plays out. Uh, Also yesterday was confirmation that an Australian died in southern Israel on the weekend. Galet Carboni was born in Sydney and she was murdered at her home near the Gaza Strip border by Hamas militants. Jewish leaders in Australia paid tribute to Carboni yesterday. They say that the community is devastated over her death. Speaking of Qantas, Claire, the airline's chairman, Richard Goiter, says that he'll be stepping down, although it sounds like it might be a bit of a slow exit. Yeah, so the plan there is to leave by around November 2024, so Goiter's got a bit more than a year before he actually hits the departure lounge, (laughs) uh, which the Transport Workers Union isn't that happy about it. Um, They say that it's an attempt to retire in dignity and that he ought not be afforded that. Uh, And that's because Goida's resignation comes after a pretty tricky period for Qantas. Uh, This year, the High Court ruled against the airline's illegal outsourcing of jobs. Uh, The competition watchdog, the ACCC, has sued Qantas over allegations of selling tickets on cancelled flights. And, of course, Qantas has been caught in the middle of a political stoush over market competition. Claire, you mentioned departure lounge, but the word turbulence has also been thrown around a lot (laughs) over all of this. Goida's been copping heat for months now, and there's been calls for his resignation since the former CEO, Alan Joyce, left in September. Goida says mistakes were made and accountability is required to restore trust. Claire, yesterday we found out that the comedian and writer Cal Wilson has died. She was only 53 years old. Yeah, wasn't that a shock yesterday morning? Mm. Uh, Reports say that it was after a short and unnamed illness. Uh, Wilson was born in New Zealand. She had a very endearing Kiwi accent. (laughs) She moved to Australia in 2003 and she really went on to be a mainstay on Australian TV for the last 20 years. She appeared on shows like Rove Live. Spicks and Specs, Good News Week, that kind of circuit. Uh, This year she co-hosted The Great Australian Bake Off, which is a favourite show of mine. (laughs) And during the pandemic, of course, when shows weren't on and it was very difficult to be a comedian and perform, she became known for her very elaborate headdresses. She shared lots of images of those on her social media channels. Yeah, they were very bright and colourful. And this year a portrait of her wearing one of those headdress designs won the packing room prize at this year's Archibalds. There were so many tributes for Wilson yesterday. Comedian Adam Hills was one. He described her as one of life's best people. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN pn.com forward slash squiz today. 
I don't know about you, Claire, but quite a few of my friends love an early dinner. I'm more of a late diner myself, (laughs) but I must be one of few. Data in the US shows that more Americans than ever are making 5pm dinner reservations. And at the same time, fewer people are booking the 8pm or 9pm time slots. Oh, love an early dinner. But this (laughs) data, of course, comes from this online booking system. So they really have the data on this. The 5pm slot, that makes up about 15% of all dinner bookings. Uh, More than the 8pmers, if you're waiting till 8pm, that's a long time to wait to have dinner. (laughs) Um, The most popular times, though, are 6pm and 7pm. That makes up about 40% of bookings. Um, That's all new to Americans, it seems. Australians are actually world leaders when it comes to eating early. We tend to eat at home between 5 and 7. The Brits do sort of 6.30 to 8pm. The Italians, 8pm to 10pm. And the Greeks, I don't know what on earth they're doing. (laughs) They wait from about 10 to 11pm. Just extraordinary. 11pm is a little bit late, Claire. Oh, man. (laughs) Norway's the only country that eats dinner earlier than Aussies do. They eat between 4 to 5pm, but they are cheating a little bit on that. They also have a light evening meal between 8 and 10pm. So, Out of all of those countries, it sounds like Norway's got it best. Norway for the win, (laughs) for sure. Squeeze the day, Claire. What's on the agenda for today? Look, I think the pick today, it's the final leaders' election debate in New Zealand. They're having their general election on Saturday, so we've got a squeeze shortcut on it. If you want to get up to speed with that, we might mention it tomorrow. We'll see how we go with the news (laughs) run. But, yeah, a big day in New Zealand. Yeah, I'll pop the link to that shortcut in the episode notes today if you want to listen to more about that. And that's us done for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women and together honour their legacies.